you know, we often will look at the Levitical law of Israel and what its demands were on the people as being somewhat ridiculous or over the top with the rules and the regulations which they had. But what we must understand, my dear brothers and sisters, is that every single thing that was done in the Levitical law, all of the requirements of cleanliness and purification were outside manifestations or outside signs to remind the people of what they were to be doing within themselves. The, clean, the dietary laws and the cleaning of the cups and the plates and the separation of the cups and the, and the plates from the dairy and the meats is, was to remind the people of their distinction within the world that the distinction of their chosenness to be instruments of God to lead people to them. The cleaning of the cups was to remind the people that you're supposed to be clean inside and outside. And so the Pharisees and the scribes, which Jesus is pointing to this morning, were doing the external manifestations of the law, but they were not incorporating it into their life as they were supposed to. Remember, for Israel, God is external. God is not present to them internally like he is to you and me through baptism. God is external to them, and so therefore everything external which they do is a visible reminder of the presence of God in their midst. And this is something that you and I have to reflect upon ourselves, because what is it that, what is it about uh, what sin is? Sin is impurity. It is an impurity that needs to be cleansed. St. Augustine refers to uh, sin as the incurvatus in se, which means caved in around oneself. Sin is the ultimate focal point, me, myself, and I. It is, as Fulton Sheen always used to say, an overemphasis of the ego, the me, me, me. And so what Jesus is calling the, the Pharisees to as he calls you and I to also reflect upon, is, what, is to focus on the heart outside of itself. To focus on the heart and outside of itself, and for us as Christians, we focus on Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ who is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus Christ is the one who illuminates our darkness that is not only within ourselves but around us, so the, that we might enlighten the world. Now let's look at the news, shall we? Or let's not. <laughs> However, if you do not see in the news the overwhelming reality of darkness, then you're in another planet. Or you're taking some funny pills that I want to take. <laughs> but, my dear friends, before we just throw up our hands in dismay, woe is us, what's going on in the world, we have to look in the mirror and recognize that if you and I who profess to be Christian and profess to be followers of Jesus and his disciples, if you and I were living the life we were called to live by the Lord through the help of his grace, then this world would look different. So when we look at the news, and what gets us so upset about the news, it is in the reflection of our failure, both personally and socially as believers. 
So let's not be too quick to judge what's happening out there in the world without reflecting upon how we have contributed to it by our failure to live the life of holiness, by failure to live and to doubt the power of God's grace at work within us. We must stop focusing just on me, myself, and I, which is a challenge, because that's the message of the world. It's me, me, me. I need more money. I need more things. I need more, more, more. Me, me, me. And what Jesus tells us very clearly is you don't need more of you. You need less. The last words we hear from St. John the Baptist, I must decrease. He must increase. We must die to self. We must nail ourselves to the cross so that we can live for the other, as Christ willingly laid down his life for you and me. So my dearest friends, as we, and we look at the example today of St. Louis, St. Louis, who was the king of France. Now, if you're a king, you have everything at your disposal. Power, riches, you got it all. You don't need anything. And yet St. Louis, because he was not so self-focused, because he took his, the title of Christian seriously, he was able to balance that power, that earthly reality, and to live for Christ. So much so and so well that he is canonized in a saint. And so therefore, what does that tell us? That even those in the highest offices of power, with the help of God's grace, can become holy and become saints. So the challenge that we have, and the question that we ask ourselves, is that do we pray for those in political authority? Do we pray for them? Not praying that they get out of office. Not praying that things change specifically, but praying for them themselves personally. To pray for their conversion of heart. To pray that they can be holy and be saints as the Lord calls them to. I dare say, my dear brothers and sisters, when we do pray for them, if we pray for them, we pray for them from a selfish perspective. Get them out of office. I don't like their policies. I don't like what they're doing. Get rid of them. That's very often the prayer. And that prayer, I'm going to say it, stinks. That is a stinking prayer. Because that is not a prayer rooted in the love of God. That is not a prayer rooted in the openness of the reality of what God wants us to be and to see. So my dear friends, as we continue this Mass on this remembrance of St. Louis, let us pray for that insight of the Lord. Let us pray for a greater uh, opening of ourselves to the Holy Spirit, that we may recognize the selfishness that we all possess, and that we will allow God's grace at work in us to combat that selfish desire of me, myself, and I, so that we can truly live for the other, we can be living examples of light in this darkness, and we can help all people come to know that Jesus Christ is Lord. God bless you. Let us offer now our needs and petitions to our Heavenly Father.